0: The title of my message is Satisfying the Longings of Our Hearts, Man's Endless Quest for Fascination and Beauty. I like long titles. The goal of my message is to identify the nature of human longing as, um, and kind of talk about some of the main longings of the human heart, just to highlight just kind of a list and then dive into a couple of them, fascination and beauty, and talk about how we try to falsely satisfy those longings as well as how God wants us to satisfy those longings. I just want to ask you a question, do you guys know what Bible verse might be the first Bible verse that talks about fascination? In the beginning of God. <laughs> it, it, it talks about fascination, it talks about humans being fascinated with something, humans desiring something, saying something is beautiful. Do you know where, where that is? So yeah, Adam, you know, saw his wife Eve and was like, whoa, right? But also, another one of those passages is, is the fall, right? Where, um, where Eve walked up to the tree and was like, wow, that fruit is beautiful to my eyes. It is beautiful to my eyes. It smells good. It looks good. I wonder if it tastes good. And of course, the serpent was like enticing her to to not only taste the fruit, but enticing her with the reality of like, there's more to know than what you know. Like you can, if you eat this fruit, there's wisdom to be had. God hasn't told you everything. He hasn't shown you everything. You'll know the difference between good and evil if you eat this fruit. So even in that instance, it reveals the reality that we're creatures of longing and we're creatures that desire to be fascinated and we're creatures that we, we desire beauty because they, you know, here Eve was like, oh my goodness, She's, it's curiosity, right? I mean, that's, that's like the number one thing as whether it be young kids or adults, that's the number one thing that like gets you into another um, another realm or another sphere, breaking out into something you've never touched before, whether that's godly or whether that's sin, right? You're, you're fascinated, you have a desire, you're curious, right? Whether you want to learn about something, you know, random like, you know, building robots, or you want to learn about about gardening, or you want to learn about how to sew, or you want to learn about anything, right? There, there's a, There's a fascination to it. There's a There's a desire to step into another realm of understanding, of seeing. Um, So what I want to do first is kind of read through a number of scriptures um, just real quick and then kind of jump into the main content. So uh, Psalm 107.9 says, For he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. It's talking about God. Psalm 37 4 says delight yourselves also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart Romans 118 says for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness because that which is known about God is evident within them for God made it evident to them for since the creation of the world his invisible attributes His eternal power and divine nature has been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their speculations and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanging the glory of incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and of fowl, Uh, four-footed animals and crawling creatures, therefore God gave them over into the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them, for they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So I'm, I'm not trying to scare you guys by reading some of these verses, but I want to talk about the reality that we are creatures of desire. We're creatures of massive desire. We're creatures with deep, deep, deep longings. And those longings will be satisfied, whether illegitimately or legitimately. And, and Romans talks about how basically you know, there comes a point where God actually, you know, after you've progressed in, in seeking out things that aren't of him, ultimately he gives you over to that. He kind of lets you go free. Um, which is obviously not a good state to be in. Second Thessalonians 2, 8-12 says, Then that lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end the appearance of his coming. That is, the one whose coming is in accord with the activity of Satan with all power and signs and false wonders and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they all may be judged who did not believe in the truth but took pleasure in wickedness. What I want to highlight there is that ultimately people will perish because they don't have a love for the truth. So being a Christian, we have massive desire in us and that desire Ultimately, what God wants to make of that desire is he wants to make us be lovers of the truth and ultimately, you know, run after the truth. And another really strong verse um, that has kind of convicted me multiple times is Ezekiel 9, 4 through 6. It said, The Lord said to him, Go through the midst of the city, even through the midst of Jerusalem, and put a mark on the foreheads of the men who sigh and groan over all the abominations which are being committed in its midst. But to the others, he said in my hearing, go through the city after him and strike. Do not let your eye have pity and do not spare. Utterly slay old men, young men, maidens, little children, and women, but do not touch any man on whom is the mark, and you shall start from my sanctuary. So they started with the elders who were before the temple what this is saying is in a vision ezekiel is seeing the wickedness that's happening not only in you know the city of, of jerusalem and in israel but even in the temple itself which is you know like the church you know and, and god is saying god uh, just randomly he doesn't tell he doesn't warn people he just randomly you know comes down and says okay an angel angel go put a mark put a mark on their foreheads this one's holy This one loves righteousness. This one, you know, hates wickedness. And everyone else, you're all getting slayed. Just like like women, children, everybody, just boom, you're gone. This is the scripture and this is the heart of God. You know, God loves righteousness, but he also hates wickedness. Everyone has specific uh, desires or longings placed within them. And they are addressed on a regular basis throughout our entire lives, from childhood until death. These longings dictate what we do every day. Every day of our lives, they dictate our goals, they dictate you know, what we want to do with our lives. And it's so natural, we don't really think about it, how much desire we have in us. We always have something to do because, because we have desire and we don't like boredom. But the question is, why do we have desires? Why do we have something that rages in us? Because it's like this, it's like, a, it's like a, the engine of a car that's, the, you know, pedals to the floor and you can't stop it, right? But you're behind the wheel and you have the steering wheel, so you can still direct where it goes, but you can't stop the car. That's what desire is. God gave you desire, the question is, where are you going to steer it? Where are you going to steer the desire? Because we have deep, deep desire for fascination, we have desire for beauty, there's other desires that I'll, I'll, I'll talk about in a second, but, but this is our life. Every day, you fill it with something, and it's really, you, you fill it based upon, like if you actually took a second and stopped and and, you know, evaluated, you fill it with something based upon desire. You you desire, you know, to be satisfied, right? So you eat. You desire to not be tired, so you sleep. You desire for fascination, so you go and watch a movie or you go and hang out with friends. You desire so many different things. Life is desire. Life is one floored car, you know. It's just the engine's revving. It's not gonna stop until you die. I want to talk about like, where did it come from? Why is it there? What can you do about it? Because we try to satisfy the desires of our heart in, in lots of different ways. Some people like to acquire wealth. Some people... But, but the funny thing about that is, you know, millionaires will tell you, billionaires, it's like it's never enough, right? You could be have seven billion dollars and it's like you're still wanting more. Or we're constantly looking for new things to try and see, you know, the the whole of American media is focused on you, right? You guys are starting to get jobs, you have money, or your parents have money, and they give it to you, and media is focused on you. Media is focused on what can we sell you, What, 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 what can we entice you with. Why? Because we're creatures of desire, and the media knows that. They don't really care if you satisfy your desires legitimately or illegitimately. All, the, all that they want to do is satisfy their own desires, which is for their own power and wealth and you know all that stuff. So we also seek to fulfill our desires by appreciating beauty, illegitimately or legitimately, desiring popularity, desiring to be in a place of influence. We try so many things, and yet it's a constant race of being behind. We never feel like we're... We, we are enough. We don't feel like we have enough. We don't feel like we feel enough. We don't feel like we see enough. We don't feel like we experience enough. It's always just this endless drive of I gotta have more. I gotta see more, I gotta feel more, I gotta do more. I've gotta hear I love you again. I've gotta be excited again. I've got to crave another a gadget, another thing. It's like I've worked with Apple for five years. You know, and I've seen so many different new things come out. And it's like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, the new iPhone 5. It's like, when is that going to come out? You know, and then two days after it comes out, it's like, that's boring. Well, iPhone 6, when is that going to come out? You know, it's, it's, and, and, and that even happened when I bought my computer. It's like, I was so excited by, you know, my first Apple computer. It's like, I bought it. I got it in the car. I opened it up. I didn't even know what to do with it. <laughs> it was just about satisfying a longing. It was just like, I want it. I don't know what I'm gonna do with it. I, don't, I, I didn't understand. I was like, I, what do I do, go on, go on a random website? It's like, I don't know, what, what do I do? So, but, but, that, but that's real, right? It's like, it's like all we do is, is we want. We want, but why do we want? That, that's the main question. Why can't man ever be satisfied? We have glimpses of satisfaction, but we can't stay satisfied, right? what if that is the wrong question that question again was why can't man ever be satisfied what if that's the wrong question or the wrong approach to find the answer i have a different question that i think is a better if we have desires that can't remain fulfilled where do they come from right it's a logical approach so so where did this endless drive come from because we spend our whole lives in this drive. We spend our whole lives seeking to be satisfied. And obviously, you all know what I'm going to say, right? The longing comes from God. Right? So we can all get up and leave. No. Um, it it does come from God. But again, why, did, why do we have longing? In Isaiah 26:8, it says, the desire of our soul is for your name. So God basically said that He put a desire in us. For him. So ultimately, we want more, but we don't, know, we don't really know what we want more of. So it's like, I want the latest gadget. Shoot, that didn't really satisfy. I want the latest music. That's boring. I want the latest movie. It's like it's a constant disappointment. You know, I want another boyfriend. I want another girlfriend. I want someone to, See me, to notice me, right? You guys, when you were growing up, um, did you guys ever have something that you kind of pretended was alive? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So a little toy or you or you You know, or a stuffed animal? Something that you made, Legos, right? You know, little G.I. Joe's. And and ultimately it's like you really you, you want them to start talking to you. You kinda of have this dual dialogue, you know, going on and you talk for each person, right? And it and it, and it's exciting because because we want ultimately we want interaction, especially when we create something. When we create something, we want interaction with it. Whether that's, you know, something alive or not alive. It's like we want to interact with it, right? You know, I, I remember... And, and we, we want to enjoy it, but we also want to be enjoyed by it. Like, you know, how many of you have had pets? Of course, you didn't make them alive. But it's like you... Not only do you want to enjoy the pet, but you really want the pet to enjoy you, right? And, and that's the way that God created us. He created us with desire to both enjoy and be enjoyed. And that's ultimately because, because he, he wants interaction with us. So that's, that's why we have longing. We have longing because longing is for ultimately for interaction. And that's why it's so not satisfying when I buy a new computer. Because my computer doesn't really talk to me. It doesn't really interact with me. Maybe the new iPhone does. (laughs) Siri, you know, talks to you. But it's like we want deeply, that's really what we want. Because even if I have all the latest gadgets, even if I have the nice new car and the nice new house and everything else, it's like, there's still something missing. And, and, and that's even what Adam had in the beginning, right? He's like, having fun in the garden, enjoying the glory of God, naming, you know, creatures and, and whatnot. And yet, when he was naming the creatures, he's like, I'm missing something. I'm missing something. There's something missing. And that's when God's like, "It is not good for man to be alone." Can I hear an amen? amen. Right? It's not good for man to be alone. So then we, we, so ultimately, we long for relationship. So if we long for relationship, and when we create something, we want interaction with that thing. We want to put ourselves into it. So if you, if you, if you're an inventor and you create something. You want your personality put into it, right? But that's what God did. God created us and He wants interaction with us. He doesn't just want us to know God. God wants to know you. God, you don't just want me to experience you, you want to experience me. Is that possible? That the uncreated God, you know, that kind of knows everything, you can just kind of flick his finger and there goes Mars, you know. <laughs> it's like, is it possible that he actually wants to, not, not just for you to know him, but for him to know you. It's like, so if, if me and Julianne have a baby, she's not pregnant yet, but, <laughs> but, if, but if we had a baby, we don't just want that baby to know us we want to know that baby like we want dialogue we want intimacy we want interaction both ways and this is my hypothesis that I really believe that God actually wants to experience you there's actually things that God hasn't experienced yet I I can just imagine God asking himself like what will it feel like what will be going through my mind? What will it feel like when you <laughs> blossom and come alive and encounter the glory of God as I peel back a little bit of who I am, will peel back the heavens, you know, sprinkle a little presence of God on you. Like, what will that be like? Like, what will it feel like? See, God also wants to be fascinated. Of course, He's The ultimate of fascination but he wants experience with you he wants to know what is it like for you to experience healing when you're sick like what will it be like so god actually has deep emotions and he wants to feel just like you want to feel he wants to see just like you want to see obviously he knows everything but he wants to see He wants to see and interact with us just like we were created to interact with Him. And that's an amazing thing because, you know, in Genesis 1, 26, it says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So if we find ourselves as these creatures with the pedal to the metal, I can't stop the raging engine of the car. All I can do is, you know, just try to control where it goes. You know, it's like, those video games where you're in the car and you try to touch those random floating objects to get points or get whatever. It's like you can choose where it goes, but ultimately there's passion raging inside. I want, I want, I need. I don't know what to do with it. So, you know, it's like even even me, I'm saved. You know, I've been saved all my life. And it's like I went and fixed the eight-year-old bike, because I'm like, I want to bike again, and I went biking once, right? Or Julianne bought me weights for Christmas, and it's like, I'm going to get buff. <laughs> I'm, I'm all, it's like, I'm a, I'm a small guy. I've always been small. Like I'm going to lift weights every day, and it's like I lifted for a while, and then it's like, ah, that's old. They have dust <laughs> now, n- now they hold open our door so it doesn't get blown shut in the wind, so it still has purpose. But it's like we, we, we're so, we have so much desire, and we don't know where to put it. What I want to say is that, is that God created us for himself. There's, the, there's so many verses that I could have put in here that I didn't, just because the Bible is all about desire. I mean, the Bible says that, you know, that, that we were ultimately created for his good pleasure. So what does that mean? We were created for God's pleasure. So does that mean that actually as I said before that God actually wants to enjoy you? I mean, how excited do we get when we're in high school and that really popular football player or whatever or whatever type of person you may you you may like, you know, it's like they notice you. It's like how important is that? It's like, "Oh my goodness." because but the reason why that's so important is because you have such high esteem of them it's because you you because they're put up on a pedestal and they're out here and they're they're better they they have they have influence they have power if you can have power in high school you know they, they have they have something that's like they have something it's like wow i'm valuable if they glance at me because of their value if you break it down, like that's what it is. I'm valuable, I have worth, I'm excited. I'm like, oh, because I have ascribed, because they're valuable, because they're, they have so many peers, the teachers love them, the you know, fans love them, everybody loves them, but ultimately we have to be able to, to stare at things like that and translate that into God and me. Like what does that mean? What does that mean between God and humanity, if that's true? If we knew how big God was, and here God is saying, I desire to experience you. Shouldn't that just like make us fall over, right? Of like, oh my goodness. You're so big. You're, you created everything. You uphold the cosmos. And you want to invite me to dinner? You want to invite me to experience Beauty and love and and intimacy with you. It's like oh my goodness, but that's ultimately what God wants Is he wants real intimate interaction with us There's multiple longings of our hearts. I'm just going to list them out real quick. There's the longing to be enjoyed by God and ultimately that's falsely approached when we long to be enjoyed by others we want friends, we want a girlfriend, we want a boyfriend, we want a wife. After you get a wife, you want kids and grandkids and great grandkids and it just never ends. It never ends. You always want someone to enjoy you. I always want, you know, Julianne to be fascinated with me, right? It's never, it's never enough. I mean, that's a good thing if, if, it's, if it's in the right place. But so there's the there's the longing to be enjoyed by God. There's the longing for fascination, longing for beauty, the longing for greatness, the longing for intimacy without shame. That's a longing. And that's something that even in marriage you're going to you're going to run into. The desire for intimacy without shame. Because we're sinful and we still unfortunately sinfully treat our spouses. I know it's hard to believe that I've ever mistreated Julianne or she's mistreated me. We long for in the place of deepest weakness for someone to say, wow, you are awesome. I put value on you. Ultimately, we put our, first foot for, we put our best foot forward. We want people to appreciate all of our giftings. I'm good at this and I'm good at that and I like this and I like that, and oh, wait, you don't like that? No, I don't like that. You know, it's like we ultimately, we, we long for intimacy without shame. And that means that even when weakness is expressed, even when people know their weakness, it's like, do you know that that person still likes you? I mean, like, like, doesn't that make you feel even better? if you have a best friend or you have a family member or somebody that knows the junk because we all have it that knows the the, the the junk of we get angry sometimes we get frustrated when we shouldn't we we've stolen things and we've done horrible things right and but if someone knows that and they still like us And that's really a good thing. Another longing is the longing for to be wholehearted. And that goes right along with this. We have so much weakness. And it's like, when will I ever just get it right? It's like you read a good marriage book and you're like, man, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it perfect. I'm going to blow her socks off. And then two days into it, you get angry again. Or you disappoint again. Or you do something else wrong. And it's like, so we long to be wholehearted. We long to have power and weakness. We long to be, to be people who are able to, to, to really follow through fully with our strength and with who God made us to be. There's also another longing, the longing to make a deep and lasting impact. The one that I really wanted to focus on was fascination and beauty. There's such a drive to be fascinated. There's such a drive. And, and the drive for fascination is very external. It's, I'm fascinated in this or this. It's like it's always out here. I'm fascinated with something over there. You know, it's like you you watch a movie and it's the big screen. (gasps) What? It ended that way? Or you're fascinated with, you know, the iPhone 5. Like, man, it didn't have this feature, and I was really wanting to have that feature. Or it has this, and it's like there's fascination. Fascination is always external. It's always, you see it with your eyes, you're fascinated, you know, or for, for those of you, you know, girls, maybe you could be fascinated with you know, classical music, music right? <laughs> you know, you, you go to the opera, and it's like you're fascinated, not just with your eyes, but with your ears. It's like, oh my goodness. So fascination is external. And fascination gone wrong, fascination gone wrong is, is, is when Satan exploits it and when he turns something beautiful and he makes it ugly. When, when he, when he tur- takes that drive in us for fascination with the opposite sex and he turns it into pornography. Or that fascination for other physical sensations and pleasure and he turns it into... A drinking habit or, uh, or drugs or whatever. So, but there's always going to be that longing to be fascinated. And um, another one is, is, you know, the fascination for beauty, this is different, because the fascination for beauty is not just about what you see with your eyes, it's not just about, I want to perceive beauty, it is, but, but that's technically could also be considered fascination. You know, it's external. Fat, 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 or desire for beauty is about me. I want to be beautiful. Yes, I said it. <laughs> I, this, it goes for guys and girls. It's like, but what does that mean? Of course, guys don't normally put it in that language. They want to be beautiful. What that means is that guys want to be appreciated. They want to be admired. They want to have someone care, just someone be fascinated with the fact that I'm good at this. Someone be fascinated with the fact that, you know, I can conquer this or I can go do this. In other words, we, w- we don't just want to behold beauty, we want to be beautiful. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. So we, we don't just want to behold beauty. We want to become beauty. We don't just want to behold fascination. We want someone to be fascinated with me, with my personality With my likes and dislikes, you want someone to be fascinated with you. But the answer to your fascination, to that longing for beauty and for fascination, that longing to be beautiful, ultimately, it's already settled. It was settled in Genesis 1. We just, somehow, we don't get it. It's like, whether we're in the church or outside the church, somehow we still have an unending drive to be satisfied. God made us out of his image, so he already made us beautiful. Because God's not ugly, let me tell you. So if God's not ugly and he made you in his image, if he put himself and put it in you, then guess what? Hands down, none of you are ugly in God's sight. So we, 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 that, that beauty is already settled if if we're rooted in who God says we are, if we're rooted in our identity before the Lord. And the fascination just drives this endless, I just gotta be fascinated, I'm so bored. What are we gonna do? You know, how many of us just hate boredom? Hate boredom, just hate it, lividly hate it. you do anything not to be bored, right? Because you wanna be fascinated But guess what? God is fascinating. You want to be fascinated? God is fascinating. And he ultimately is fascinated in you. So we're going to just wrap this up um, by saying that that it's ultimately, it's really, it's already settled. We just have to find Our place in that answer to the question. It's already done, it's already settled, the verdict's already out. You want fascination, God is fascinated with you. You want beauty, God put his image in you. You're already beautiful. And um, obviously, there's practicals to like how, you know, how to how to apply that, how to walk it out. Unfortunately, I don't have endless amounts of time, so I can't, you know, dive too deep into that. But ultimately, we just have to have our eyes opened to the fact that the, the endless drive will always be there. The question is, what are you going to do with it? That drive's always going to be there. And, and, and the, the, the crazy thing is, I'll give you a couple examples and then it'll we'll, then we'll be done. To prove my point that the drive for, for fascination, for beauty will always be there. These are sad examples, but real. I've seen, I've met people in their 70s or 80s that are single, like their husband died or their wife died or whatever, and they want to get married again. And they're 75 or they're 80. It's like, don't you think, as, at least as young people, it's like, don't you think they'd just be over that? over that desire to have someone look in their eyes, all starry eyes. I finally found the one. You are the one I've been searching for, for 80 years. Boy, you are the one. Right? I was like, don't you think that that would be like done and over with? It's like no more 20 curves, you know, 20s, you know, that perfect body, it's like that's gone and done with a century ago. <laughs> but yet there's still this hunger, I want to be fascinated, I want, I want to, you know, I, I want to be satisfied. So an- another example, and this probably won't make you laugh, probably should have done the other, this, this other one first. But this other example, it's really sad actually. It, at, at work the other day, this just happened this last week. At work the other day, this man came in. He was it's gotta be 75 or 80. And he was having a problem with his iPad. And I, I wanted to help him out. So I took his iPad and I opened it up. And he, he said there was, I don't even remember what the problem was. He, he wanted to show me what the problem was. And we opened his web browser. And he's he's 75, and, and there's a porn page open. And it's like, obviously, I didn't see it long enough to see it, but I just got out of it, and it's like, fixed this problem and sent him off on his way. And he didn't really say anything. He didn't seem flustered. He wasn't, like, you know, like, scared that I saw that. Who knows what he was thinking inside, but it's like that made me walk away being like, oh my goodness. So the longing for fascination, the longing for beauty, it's always gonna be there. Whether you're 75 and still stuck in pornography, or whether you're 75 and wanting to get remarried, the fascination, the longing is always gonna be there. The question is, what are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna direct that towards the Lord? Are you gonna let the Lord satisfy you? Because I'll tell you what getting married has its ups and downs, its glories and its difficulties, but that's not going to satisfy you. God's going to satisfy you. And even now, like I feel, you know, as I've transitioned into marriage, I got out of Bible school, graduated with a preaching degree, you know, working, it's like I'm still facing the same things that you are. I'm still facing that I want to be sa- I want to be fascinated, I want to be satisfied. I want I want God to Ultimately, this is what it comes down to and I, I want God to encounter me. It's just sometimes we're weak and we don't know exactly how to do that. But that's going to be a journey that you're on your whole life. And it's critical and that's why I'm telling you now is because it's critical. You are ripe and you're young and you have your whole lives ahead of you, a few more years than I do, and you can, you can choose if you're going to satisfy those longings in God or if you're going to satisfy those longings in, in, in illegitimate places. But it's, it's not all bad. And it, it, you know, it, it doesn't all end negatively. Because God has many different ways to satisfy us. He has many different ways to fascinate us. I like books. So I'm going to show you a few books that have really fascinated me. That have helped me be fascinated by God. So, this sermon actually kind of came out of this book, The Seven Longings of the Human Heart, by Mike Pickle. Um, That's a good resource, just to understand a little bit more about longings. Knowledge of the Holy, by A.W. Tozer. This is all about the knowledge of God. Real thin, you can read it, you know. For those of you who like reading novels, you can read this in like 30 minutes, probably. So, I mean, ultimately you have to find your satisfaction in God. But there are tools that God has for us in helping us do that. This is exciting. It's not scary. It's, I know I opened up with some somber passages about God slaying people who, who, <laughs> who don't love the truth. But it's exciting because we have a God. He created everything. So obviously he can create things that fascinate us in him. I'm just going to pray. God, we thank you for the fact that, that you made us with desire. God, that's what makes life interesting. But Lord, we pray in our weakness, God, that you would help us to find satisfaction in you and you alone. God, that you would help us to, to be satisfied in you, Father, that you would help us to be fascinated by you, that you would give us tools to be fascinated by you. Lord, I pray that you would, that you would break us free of any, of any connections, God, any, any illegitimate connections, God, with, with fascination and beauty, God, and that you'd make us desire you. I pray that you'd give these, each and every one here, God, grace, give them desire for you, And for truth, I pray you'd bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.